my name is Bill Clinton. I was former governor of Arkansas and a breakout guest star on the nationally broadcasted Arsenio Hall show. I was also president of the United States. Now that I'm out of the spotlight, I like to tune in to my favorite show. 610 News. To keep me in the loop about the city of Houston, Texas. Yeah. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever you're listening to us. Thank you. This is a podcast after all. You're tuning in to 610 News. I'm your host for this episode, Abhinav Kumar. As always, I'm joined by our crack team of hotshot reporters and local pundits. Hi, Brenda Valdivia. I'm Evan O'Neill. Daniel Cohen. We've got a pretty crazy show for you today. The, uh, the rundown for the show today is we've got the answers to the test, so to speak, for part of the uh, November election coming up. We're going to walk you through that. Um, some news on Joe Strauss not seeking re-election. He's currently the speaker of the Texas State House of Representatives and has been for as long as I remember. Then we're going to talk about the League of Women Voters investigating the, how elections are held and how uh, voter registration happens in Harris County. You know those Russians are after our elections and it's uh, great that the League of Women Voters are Russian into studying how we uh, do our elections. Nah. <laughs> we'll be talking about William Fears, the local Houstonian who fired a gun at a Richard Spencer rally. He was finally arrested. We've got a special interview. Um, We have a very special interview with a local political representative. And then we're going to be covering a few other local stories and uh, cap it off with um, sports. For what it's worth, William Fears wasn't the one that discharged the gun. Oh, really? Yes. Well, we'll find out more about who discharged the gun <laughs> <laughs> later today. Early voting in Texas started earlier this week on Monday, October 23rd. We have until the Friday after Halloween to cast our ballot in the early voting period when voting is easy, breezy, beautiful, and under five minutes. You can also wait until Election Day on November 7th when you may reasonably decide you'd just rather not vote because you're busy and you want to get home. You'd rather do that than stand in a smelly line for an hour after work to vote in a non-midterm, non-presidential year election. Or maybe you didn't register to vote and now it's too late for this election, but it's still not too late for 2018. You should still register and you can do so at harrisvotes.com. Or maybe you want to vote as soon as possible, but you don't know what's going on with the state and city propositions or the local races. Well, I've got good news for you. I want to tell you that the team at 610 News is here to help. Today, we're going to tenderly, gently hold your hand and walk you through part of the election. I feel like I should be blushing right now. <laughs> it's a very sensual election. Oh my. Under the radar. 
You know, nobody's paying attention. To it. Take it's it easy, Bill Clinton. Like that curtain closing behind you. Nobody there but us. That's great. So for peop- for voters in the city of Houston, there are seven propositions to amend the Texas state constitution. Six propositions affecting the city of Houston. Three races for Houston Community College HCC Board of Trustees. And six races for Houston Independent School District HISD Board of Trustees. Um, That list was ordered in most boring to most exciting, which uh, we've talked about the HISD race, one of them being very exciting. So in total, that's only about 20 votes. Today, we're going to start with the seven constitutional amendments for the state of Texas. These were voted on in the Texas legislature, approved, and then for some reason, they're now being sent to us to double approve. Why don't they just pass the laws? That's what we elected them for, right? Well, I think with a... uh amendment to the state constitution which by the way it's worth mentioning is the third longest state constitution of any american state the u.s constitution of course very being very difficult to change the texas constitution apparently as simple as putting something on the ballot and getting it to pass um so i i think uh i think that's maybe it's procedurally as screwy as it is uh, in terms of the text itself yeah i have heard that it's a huge constitution um Wait, third largest in the country? It's the third longest, yeah, of any who, American who state. Who has the largest or longest? Uh, I feel like Mississippi was one of the two, but I could just be projecting. But it makes sense, doesn't huh. it? Huh. Really? I yeah, would expect really? the opposite. Uh, I mean, it's difficult. I mean, Texas and Mississippi, because you have to teach the governor how to read each time. <laughs> and right. that's a lengthy it process. It turns out it's just physically long because it's just full of pictures. <laughs> <laughs> And they're all racist murals. <laughs> it's, it's very thick pages made out of cardboard. So it doesn't tear. Well, There's we re- can do all that. Why can't we take first first place? <laughs> Texas strong. Uh, so there's <laughs> so the so it looks like we're expanding this constitution more and more. What does it take to repeal just to remove some of these items from the Texas uh, Constitution is it is it an ironic move that you just add more amendments to shorten it or what would it take to reduce it because it's if it's the third largest I mean that's a mountain of paperwork to go through and endless bureaucracy as laid out in Article 17, according to Google, in order for a proposed constitutional amendment to go before the people, the Texas state legislature must propose the amendment in a joint resolution of both the Texas state Senate and Texas House of Representatives. Imagine for repeal, you would just have to put something on there that says, like, we don't like this part. Mm. Well, that well, worked for nothing. It sounds like a riveting process. <laughs> um <laughs> That's why you have four very talented people going <laughs> to talk you through. So let's start with uh, Proposition 1. Brenda? The constitutional amendment authorizing the legislature to provide an exemption for the ad valorem taxation of part of the market value of the resident's homestead of a partially disabled veteran or the surviving spouse of a partially disabled veteran if the resident's homestead was donated to the disabled veteran by a charitable organization for less than the market value of the resident's homestead and harmonizing certain related provisions of the texas constitution 
That's really heady, but I heard partially disabled veteran. So I'm going to guess that we should be voting for this bill because... Um, there should be a rule that for every proposition, you just put disabled veteran in, every, in it, whether or not it's related, because I feel like that will get people to give a damn. Yeah. Uh, so we, Daniel and I were discussing this earlier. Daniel and I were discussing this earlier um, because he had a surprising, He, you told me something surprising that some people were arguing against this. Well, th this one is pretty popular, but there are two props on the ballot, and I guess we'll get to the second one a little bit later. That's another tax exemption, and um, there are oh, some... for the first responders? For first responders, and there are members, there are progressives in town who actually, who I've spoken to, who actually aren't so much in favor of that one. They all seem to be in favor of the disabled veteran one here. But the first responders, they're one they're not necessarily in favor of, and they view it as sort of like continuously carving out different exemptions. And so they, they feel like there needs to be a place to draw the line. But it's but for whatever reason, it seems like they're pretty cool with this one. Okay. So the, basically the partially disabled, does this also include deceased? Yes. If they're... Um... It also applies to their surviving spouse. Okay. So yeah. if you have a partially disabled veteran and a charitable organization donates a house to that veteran and then that veteran passes away, um, usually that donation will be at below market value. And uh, I think the state currently taxes them for the full value of the house. And so it's a tax break. It's okay. a tax break for a donation for partially disabled veteran, and then I guess the first responders one. So the issue, as I understand it, is that um, we don't want to be giving a bunch of tax breaks to people, you know, keep finding a subsection of, of our uh, population and be like, you get a tax break, you get a tax break. But it's pretty hard to say uh, no to a partially disabled veteran's household or a first responder's household. You guys are going to vote against this. Aren't yeah, you? I know I'm you feeling are. very I spiteful. <laughs> I feel like I need to take them down with me. And I'm editing that joke out because. <laughs> <laughs> Just start it with us laughing right now. I mean, it seems it seems like uh, the state of Texas does a poor enough job with social service nets that if we can give a tax break to disabled veterans, like I'm kind of like, ah, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the stakes seem pretty low on this one. Um, so. Yeah, I guess. We, yeah, go vote. Yes, fine. Go for it. Get, yeah. Make it rain money on a bunch of war vets, and because they need it, it's not yeah, like they get paid a lot. This is not a tough choice. Whatever your politics are, also the Houston Chronicle and I looked at the Dallas Morning News. They they are they have endorsed Proposition One for the state of Texas. Uh, what's going on with Proposition Two? The constitutional amendment to establish a lower amount for expenses that can be charged to a bar borrower and removing certain financing expense limitations for a home equity loan, establishing certain authorized lenders to make a home equity loan, changing certain options for the refinancing of a home equity loan, changing the threshold for an advance of a home equity line of credit, and allowing home equity loans on agricultural homesteads. Hashtag home equity loan. Stead. That seems to be stead. Yeah. 
So the last one was, uh, th these all have like buzzwords that are repeated without really being clear what they mean. It's like a bunch of lawyers wrote this. Yeah, uh, I'll be honest, just reading it made me a little dizzy because I kept thinking I read the first sentence after I read the second sentence <laughs> just because it's so repetitive in its language. I mean, this is a good example of like dangerous ballot language because I would think this is a fairly innocuous proposition, but one of the big risks is that this is something that makes it easier for banks to foreclose on people's houses, which doesn't seem like it's in anyone's interest aside from the banks to make that even easier. It's true. When you first read it, you might just say like, oh, this is an opportunity to offer it. This is your lower interest loans. Let's give people a shot to buy a house more easily. And then you get it. You'd start digging into it and you think historically about Houston or even nationally. And you're like, oh, let's maybe collapse the housing market. Like that's it. It's I mean, I didn't. And by the way, I didn't even catch this, but like before. But I, I guess the notes, it's you can change your home equity loan into non home equity loans. Is that? Yeah, that's um, so a home equity loan has basically a protection that the bank cannot foreclose on your house if you fail to play, pay without a court involved. And the reason for the reason that's a good thing is if you have a bank foreclosing on your house, the courts kind of act as a uh, buffer. They might decide to be a little more lenient in some areas or use discretion, um, the, the ability to change your home home equity loan into a non-home equity loan removes that protection, meaning the bank could take your house and be ruthless, just a ruthless, bad bank. What, what's the, what are the odds that when this was written, that was purposely put that the non seems to just fade away? Because I'm looking directly at the text, and I'll be <laughs> honest, I can't find the word non in there. I just, it's so, the wording of this is kind of driving me crazy. And even reading it out loud, I feel like there's no, it, it's almost nonsense. Would, would the argument, is the argument that people are pushing that like technically this would make it easier for more people to buy a house? Like, is that, is that, or is it, cons I mean, is that, is that the, what, what proponents would say for this? That's like the one sentence rationale in favor of it. More freedom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, removing removing controls, pro-business, takes out middle people. But, I mean, the reality is this makes it so much easier for predatory behavior. And, I mean, you know, we've seen that play out in Fifth Ward, Third Ward in the city. And then look at evictions, foreclosures, like, it's all happening in very marginalized areas. And then, you know, the eviction to homeless rate is something there's been, you know, a proven link between. So... It just it doesn't make any sense why why we would want to make this easier. And yet it has bipartisan sponsorship. Yeah, who are the three <laughs> Democrats who are? Let's get them on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> Let's call their office and weigh in. I'm just curious what type of <laughs> legislature furniture they are. It looks <laughs> like uh, Representative Oscar Longoria. Oh, fuck Representative that guy. Robert Guerra. <laughs> what? guy's an asshole too and representative richard raymond R richard raymond thank you <laughs> Beyond, you're skirting a little a little sideways there bill clinton's off the leash today <laughs> <man>. <laughs>
Um, yeah, I guess they're not great guys. Evan, you seem to have strong opinions. <laughs> what is it about these three? Is this a is this a common thread for them? I I mean I I honestly I'm I'm not too familiar with their records aside from being for this bill. Mm-hmm. I just. I think it's a bad proposition. So they've made a bad first impression on you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at the prop. Look at the end of the day. If a prop, if, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use what I call good bigotry here. I'm bigoted against banks. If there's a prop yeah. at the end of the day that makes it easier for a bank to screw the people, like I'm probably gonna say I'm against that. Even if on the other side of things, there's there might be some upside to it for somebody out there. It just seems like it. It's given the state of things, given the state that we're in, given the way that politics works, uh, it seems a bit dangerous to me. I mean, that's like one of the core democratic values is that we value the court system and there's a value in the court system. And trying to cut the courts out is a very conservative, very Republican thing to do, which apparently it's a bipartisan thing to do, Evan. (laughs) That's what that's what hurts. Um, Okay. Well, the Houston Chronicle is against this amendment. Thank you. And the Dallas Morning News is for this amendment. Boo, Dallas. Boo. Boo. Yeah, they're not winning any points here. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on with Proposition 3? The constitutional amendment limiting the service of certain office holders appointed by the governor and confirmed by the Senate after the expiration of the person's term of office. This one seems like the most straightforward. I tried to write a summary, but it ended up being the longest. Basically what happens is the governor of Texas appoints unpaid volunteers to serve usually four or six year terms uh, on state boards, commissions. They're, they're like unpaid appointees. Um, unlike the US Congress, the Texas state legislature only meets once every other year. So if one of these appointees, if the timing of their term and date doesn't happen when the legislature is in session, then we have potentially someone, um, you know, ending their term and then there's a seat that is vacant and, you know, some jobs aren't getting done. Things aren't happening for that particular position. There's a rule right now that says, um, you can stay and f- beyond your term until the legislature meets and is ready to appoint, reappoint you or appoint someone new. So what this amendment is saying is that um, uh, they would get rid of that rule and allow these vacancies to be vacant. And um, see see how long this is. It's just a bunch of yeah, logistics. So, so it it removes players who technically their term is ended. Uh, but this sounds like it could leave it very uh, this this sounds like it could definitely sway a lot of power to people who um, are remaining you know because oftentimes there's an election and you know your terms ended you got to leave immediately and you can't you know dot the i's and cross the t's and finish the work that you that your constituents put you there to do uh, is I, that would be my immediate concern plus I am of the opinion that any political office should be paid. Positions should be paid. 
I find that corruption, there's been a lot of studies showing that volunteers tend to steal a lot more. They tend to be a lot lazier because there's no incentive. There's no financial incentive keeping them there. And they kind of have this holier than thou. Well, I'm a volunteer. Uh, I technically deserve this because I'm not being paid for this. And paying somebody to be there kind of reinforces that they're a that they are in the position to do a job. So I'm a little concerned with replacing them with unpaid volunteers. Plus, who's who's checking these volunteers? Who's appointing these volunteers to sit in these empty seats? How many of these seats are there? That's a good question. Let's get the governor on the line. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is this every mud board in the state of Texas that this applies to? I don't know. Um, in In the ballotpedia breakdown of this proposition uh, i was just saying boards of commissions so i kind of saw it as when the president appoints someone they're you know they could be doing any number of things in the cabinet or um, not i guess not on a court because we elect our judges but yeah so i mean those are the two arguments just uh the term ends, so you should leave, or the term ends, you should leave, but why don't you stay until the legislature is ready to find a replacement or renew your term, renew your appointment? Is there any political angle to this where somebody can or cannot stick around and stay in the seat and either carry out the policy of the new boss or build as many protections as possible until the new boss takes over? Is that a possibility? Sounds possible. <laughs> uh, Here at 610 News, we ask the hard-hitting questions <laughs> and provide answers that are a little softer than yeah. that. What you said sounds like it could be true. I'm inclined to believe it. Who proposed this uh, proposition? Uh, this was proposed by... Charlie Guerin and Brian Birdwell. Brian Birdwell, famous for proposing uh, the house, a house bathroom bill. Um, and Charlie Guerin is just like made for the Trump era. Like, but you know, like I'm politically incorrect. I say what I want. I talk out of my butt. Like that's Charlie Guerin. So, I mean, if we're basing it based on who introduced it, then I'm kind of like, fuck those clowns. But, um, well, maybe talking <laughs> out of your butt is a useful way to interact with members of the Texas Senate because it looks like all 31 members of the state Senate voted in favor of this bill. Oh, look, <laughs> Republicans and Democrats working together. Maybe they just want to leave. Maybe they're just like, I'm, why? Why am I here? Why am I here? How dare you? I'm trying to go on vacation. I have a summer house that I can't get to. Uh, yeah, I guess that makes sense for them to be self uh, incentivized to, to leave. Because if somebody told me I had to stay... After after 5 p.m. and I wasn't getting paid for it, I'd be a little ticked off, too. Yeah, it's like a workers' right, workers rights issue. Yeah, but I don't... I'm still not a fan of hiring volu unpaid volunteers to serve on these boards and commissions. That seems like a terrible idea. I it's think... Just, it opens it for... I know we joke a lot that politics are corrupt because, you know, they are. But I feel like just this raises a lot more security issues and... In corruption issues. And just to put this in perspective, this is around three thousand appointments. This isn't like <laughs> oh, nice. this isn't like twenty okay. like Ooh. random people who are 
flying in from, uh, I don't know. A Mississippi? Town, like, yeah. Poughkeepsie? <laughs> some, yeah, some weird. It's 3,000 people. That's. Jeez. Wow. That's, that's like, they're towns smaller than this. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm against. I'm going to say, no, you got to stay in your little box. We put you in there. Yeah. You, you forced me to remember your name. Now you stay stay until somebody takes over. You're stuck. You're for st- free. <laughs> if you want to, you know, great. If you want to hire an unpaid volunteer, congratulations. It's you now. This is yeah. now your life. You just did what exactly what you needed to do. Yeah. No. I'm no. I'm voting against. I'm against personally. Brenda Valdivia against. <laughs> Not speaking for the rest of the show, but me. No. Oh I'm my not gosh. doing this. The Honorable Representative of 610 News is Thank against you. the proposition. Mm-hmm. Fired Thank. up. Did you all know you can you can apply on the state of Texas website to be one of these appointees? There's like... What? I am now yeah. four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we should all do it. And I, yeah. Absolutely, we should yeah. do it. <laughs> is there a governor spot open? <laughs> uh, can I just apply yeah. to be the governor of Texas? Yeah, they just, yeah, they, they just let you do it. Well, so State of Texas, Proposition 3, it's kind of a weird one. Um, Brenda's against it, and then she's for it. Houston Chronicle is against it. Dallas Morning News is for it. Dallas it's, again. Yeah. They always... More like Southern Oklahoma. More like Bird. bird. <laughs> <laughs> okay, almost halfway done. What's going on with Proposition 4? The constitutional amendment authorizing the legislator to require a court to provide notice to the attorney general of a challenge to the constitutionality of a state statute and authorizing the legislator to prescribe a waiting period before the court may enter a judgment holding the statute unconstitutional. Nailed it. They really want people to vote. Like, this is so readable, and I completely understand. Woo. Let's move on. What's the what's like the expected turnout again? Thirteen percent. We've done three episodes dedicated to the election, and thirteen percent of you. If you're listening to this episode now, and you're already registered to vote, and you don't vote, I'm gonna be so fucking pissed. We're gonna at you. find you, and we want all thirteen percent voters to subscribe to Six Ten News. Exactly. On Hi, Grandma. What's up? And then we'll have six subscribers to Six Ten. okay so proposition four as i understand it it's adding a waiting period let's say one of the state courts finds a state law unconstitutional they if this proposition passes if this amendment to the state constitution passes then those courts or that court will have to notify the executive branch notify the attorney general and wait for a period of like no more than 45 days to uh, call the law unconstitutional. It's like, a, you know, it's like the fiscal conservative version of, of a waiting period for guns or getting an abortion, but <laughs> it's for... Uh, you got to get an ultrasound. <laughs> oh, it's unconstitutional. We can do this. You have to look your bill in the face. <laughs> Before you strike it down. It's like fake law firm set up. You walk in there and they just like convince you to keep it. I'm sorry. Okay. (laughs) 
So this is I'm I'm there is a political edge to this one like Ooh. for sure because if you're required to give 45 days notice before to the attorney general before you file anything that gives the attorney general a little bit better standing to be able to respond to these things. And the attorney general right now is named Ken Paxton. Ken Paxton is a criminal. <laughs> Um, literally. he's, he's, a, yeah, he's literally a criminal. Um, he's, what are, what was he charged with? He's under investigation right now, um, in a corruption case. Uh, and he, um, he also has horrific positions. Uh, he took, you know, brought legal challenges to, uh, Oberfell versus Hodges, uh, which is the, uh, the Supreme Court case surrounding whether or not clerks have to issue marriage licenses to same-sex couples. That was him. Well, he certainly joined the suit. Um, so he challenged that, um, and he generally has terrible uh, positions on that. He's also, uh, he also joined the lawsuit to ask the, the White House to uh, rescind DACA. That was um, you know something that he pushed. He's also joined a lawsuit... Uh, uh, he was one of only, I'm reading this now, in 2016, one of only 11 Republican state attorneys general who sided with ExxonMobil in the company's suit to block a climate change probe I by like Massachusetts. He, I feel like he's wearing a black suit and a red tie, and he just constantly drinks expensive brandy that he spills on the ground. It just cackles all the time. That's that's pretty much exactly what <laughs> Ken Paxton is like. He also uh, has defended the constitutionality of Texas uh, congressional district lines. So basically, he's pro gerrymandering. Uh, he backs up gerrymandering. He's for stealing the votes of individuals. Um, Even though the Supreme Court of the United States of America said that it was unconstitutional. Oh uh, well, you know, Supreme Court, Supreme <laughs> Schmort, Evan. <Yeah. laughs> that's uh, what's kind of troubling about this is that. They do a lot of unconstitutional stuff. It's all political. I mean, Paxton's another look. Paxton's a crony who backs up the rest of the cronies, but he's he might he's arguably a little bit worse because he's he's been indicted for SEC violations. I mean, he, he's he's a crook. Ken Paxton is a criminal. How did this ever even get close? How did a person like this even get a a proposition even close to a voter? Oh, it's bipartisan. Judith Zaffarini uh, is a Democrat back the other side. Although Judith Zaffarini is not always so lefty anyway, right? What's, what was she? There was something. What is she's She's uh, basically is against abortion, if I remember right. Or she sort of, yeah. She's big on education, too. Judith Zaffarini. Judith Zaffarini. Yeah, I yeah. mean, so, so apparently she's found a home in the Texas Democratic Party, which is kind of like the Republican Party of other states. But um, point being that... Uh, that this this one's political enough that I can say like hell to the no. We should not give Ken Paxton forty five days to prepare his legal case because Ken Paxton always uses the law to his advantage. So even if on paper this looks like something that's fairly reasonable, like hey, let's give the AG forty five days to get their stuff in order so we can have an actual discussion and debate in court, like my to hell with Ken Paxton position. And, and we all know, like I think everybody here has had at least some experience with the law where we all know bureaucracy is already slow like even if you challenge it the moment it hits um if, if it's open to the public it's still going to take time to process all of this so there's no I, I i agree with you even if i didn't know who authorized 
who wrote this proposition or I even if I had no idea what party was behind it, I would still vote no for this. It's insane. Like bureaucracy works slow enough that we can all just get started on the first day. Fair enough. Well, Houston Chronicle and Dallas Morning News are both for it. So, segmenty. Yeah. 610 News is against <laughs> <laughs> well, We're the Stay real voice of yeah. reason and change. We're zigging. The only, the, the only other interesting thing about this proposition is it used to be a law, and then it was struck down by a court, and now uh, whoever the, Demo- the Democrat and the Republicans uh, are that sponsored this bill and got it in front of us, the voters. Um, <laughs> did that make you repuke? Okay, I it's a personal pet peeve. I don't care what side of the aisle you are. Whenever I hear somebody just call like the other party dumb and they're trying to dumb up the, the other party name, it just makes me cringe. I can like, see that like, cringing right spoken now. Spoken like I a true Rathuglican, Brenda. <laughs> ah, ah, damn it. Ugh, so worse. Ugh, so worse. Yeah. I wonder what Governor Ab Buttface thinks about it. <laughs> now this is this is the kind of podcast I, I can listen to now. No. Uh, same I have the same reaction for sheeple. Oh, yeah. If anybody who says the word sheep, I immediately don't trust you, and I'm positive you have a fedora that's actually a triple in your closet. Like <laughs> and a, a neck beard. And a neck beard. Like, it's just a personal thing, but yeah, okay. Back off the neck beard. <laughs> <laughs> you all are a bunch of jerks. <laughs> so if you're, if you're a voter and you're thinking about Proposition 4, you're going to have to make your own choice. We don't vote for don't it. Don't vote for I'm, it. <laughs> Yeah. Or vote for it. It's it's up to you. But seriously, don't vote for it. Yeah, I don't want to cover this story in six months. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's going on with Proposition 5? The Constitutional Amendment on Professional Sports Team Charitable Foundations Conducting Charitable Raffles. That sounds pretty benign. Sports? It sounds like the sports lobby wants to be able to get a write-off. Yeah, I'm kind of feeling that way too, considering how many private corporations get huge tax tax breaks by merely associating themselves with sports, and how sports is considered a non the NFL is considered a nonprofit, uh, even though they're one of the most profitable things in this in the in the nation. Um, I'm a little wary of giving them any more tax breaks. Well, this one, so they already have it. <laughs> the, okay. the like, Too late. The, the NFL and the NBA and Major League Baseball already have those. This, I guess, would be for like the little teams. This is to make it fair for you know golfers, bowlers. The way it works right oh, now oh, hold, is hold is, on. I've never met a poor golfer. <laughs> I'm just saying. So, met- so what this is for <laughs> is to allow. Uh, sports teams to have raffles or lotteries at home games and then donate all of that to a charity. So there is like this weird, you have to set up a, a nonprofit. And two years ago, we, all of us, voted to allow this to happen uh, for, for 10 major sports teams. It was illegal before that for sports teams to do this. And now we kind of opened the door a little bit two years ago, letting the big boys and girls like the Astros, the Rockets, the Texans raise be able to raise money in this kind of raffle way. Um, so what this amendment does is it allows 
other minor league, whatever, to, to be able to do that. I don't think it has anything to do with getting a tax break, but I could be wrong. Uh, you know what? Fine. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I've, I've been so battered by different charity scams that I'm always very wary of any new charity taking hold because a lot of their records are so terrible. But if that's what it's it's meant to do, then yeah, all right. Well, we need that kind of skepticism on this program. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Houston Chronicle and the Dallas Morning News are for this, and so are the most co-sponsors of any constitutional amendment in the election, 120 co-sponsors in the Texas legislature. Overwhelming support. Are you really a co-sponsor if there are 120 of you? Each one wrote yeah, one letter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like you're all championing the bill together. Is it too late to sign? <laughs> Let me get in on that sweet minor league charity action. We are so close to being done. I'm, yeah, I'm glad yeah, we've I feel, hung in there. I feel like I'm a little bitter about charities now, but yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, for, hooray, sports. Go money for everyone. <laughs> when I was when I was in elementary school, I had to raise money for my little league team, and I had to sell chocolate door to door. But then it turned out that the batch of chocolate they had to sell was found to have some glass in it. So they told us that we had to like go back to the houses that we sold to. And the script was to ask if they've been enjoying the chocolate. <laughs> and if they said yes, then just be like, cool. <laughs> but if they said no, we had to be like, so actually there was, oh there was potentially some glass in that batch. And, like, take the chocolate back, and we had to, like, actually get it from them. Did you get your chocolates back? Yeah. And I also, like, had to walk away from a few families that said that they ate it. Oh, no. no. And, like, yeah, like, you weren't supposed to be like, well, did you die? <laughs> did, this is the most have... corrupt recall. Yeah. Did you, did you taste was... any iron while you were, like, lots of iron? Lots and lots of red iron, like while you're eating this chocolate. Oh my god, that's terrible. Were you aware as a kid how surreptitious, how like sneaky that is? Yeah, this was really the point in which I realized like all adults are like really <laughs> not immoral, but just amoral. And at like nine years old, I like was able to make the distinction that like adults are just cowards. <laughs> They're not necessarily bad, but they just, they just ha- like, no one has any spine. That's. And that it, everything would be up to me. That's like the opposite of a heartwarming story. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Everything like, is up to you, Evan. Well, I mean, not like me personally, but just like the people who are running the world had no idea what they're doing. Because, like, I mean, what kind of person sends a kid to <laughs> do this dirty work? Like, they should be doing it themselves. Well, also, that's like, the way, the way yeah. they told you to do it is extremely dishonest, that's right? So yeah. Like planned so, and... uh, have you been yeah. breathing the air cleanly? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, uh, there may be a poison gas cloud. <laughs> if they say yes, you're like, okay, cool, bye. Yeah. <laughs> like, it smells like lavender in here. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, yeah, it's so a long story short. I am against that's yeah i know it's not the same thing but i just i just have a really bad taste in my mouth no pun intended 
Take that bowling (laughs) and badminton. My ultimate team will raise money on our own terms. Thank you very much. Yeah, the closest thing I had to that was that I joined the Girl Scouts. I was really excited because they had uh, a photo of a girl riding a horse. And I was like, I ride horses in Mexico and I get to do it here now. And I go to the meeting and the first thing they told me to do was sell uh, cookies. And then I found out that the big camping trip at the end of the year was to a hotel. And we all had to bring sleeping bags and sleep on the floor. And our parents would have to pay for it. And I was like, fuck all you hoes. And then I (laughs) left. I left. I was so... Anyway. When I was in middle school, I also had to sell chocolate to raise money for the school. And they brought in this big uh, money machine, like the thing where the money flies around. And then you can, and they're like, and if you sell more than anybody else, then you get to go in the money machine and you can just, you can grab as much money as you can and shove it in your pockets. And I'm like, hell yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so I spent the whole week like selling chocolate and I like hustled really hard selling this chocolate. There was also this thing where you got a limo ride to CC's Pizza, which was like, that was the jam that's in middle pretty school. Dope. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to be in that fucking money machine. That's going to be me. And so I was selling boxes and you could take out four boxes a day of like 10 or 15 candy bars or something like that. Like, and I, I would, I was going door to door, like hustling and I was selling all of these, all this fucking candy, you know? And we got to the last day and I was in line and there was this girl, she's my nemesis in like middle school and both of us and her parents kept buying all the candy. So she just would come back every day with a bill full, full of money and like turn it in the envelope full of money and like get her four boxes and go back home. Well, she and I get to the front of the line at the same time to pick up our boxes and there are seven boxes left and you can take out a max of four. And so they give her four and then they give me three and I'm like, well, that's not fair, you know, because I'm trying to win here. Like, she can sell more candy than I can because she has a higher ceiling. And she looks at me and she goes, you weren't going to win anyway. And I was like, I'll kill you with a pencil. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I didn't you, actually say that, no. But I was, she machine. won and she wound up in the money machine and I was pissed off. I was sitting there all pissed. I was so upset. Yeah, it's some hard-hitting, like... Um, <laughs> Traumatic child. So I'm also in opposition to Prop 6 or Prop 5 on the Texas ballot. I mean, is, have you had any traumatic? Is there any chance you're still like in contact with her? Can we get her on the show? Yeah, what's her name? Follow yeah. up and like find out what happened she's there. A, for I shit you not, she's a rabbi now. No. Yeah, she's a rabbi. She's a moral leader to Evan's point about adults. Yeah. <laughs> where's, she, where's she a rabbi at? Uh... <laughs> Are, are we doxing? Hold on, let's oh, yeah. from middle school <laughs> on our podcast. Right, right. Before you say, I need a clap so I know what part right. to edit out. But. All right, we'll do, we'll do this offline. But <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah, yeah. I, let, I just let her know, know what that something's coming. Yeah. If she's listening, I mean, um, have you been burned by charity? Ah, uh, no. I do the burning when it comes to charity, but <laughs> you you rip off charities. <laughs> It's so easy. It's so easy. He walked into- <laughs> They're like money for the poor, and you're like, look that way. Bam! Yeah. Got you. All the soup, all the soup, and all the kitchens in the world is mine. I wonder why your pantry's full of freeze-dried coffee. <laughs> I did. So I did work. This is one last story, but I did work at. Uh, I'm not going to say the name, but you get to sponsor a child. It was one of those sponsor kids, ready deal, and they the numbers were great. Like they, it was 80 cents of every dollar went directly to the kids. So I was like, great, I'm going to do this. The first week I worked there, it was taken over by a multi-level marketing company, and. The- <laughs> 
And this guy who would dress in plaid suits every day, every day, a different colored plaid suit would come in and give like motivational speeches and then like cut you down all the time. And he would just be like, you got to get those numbers up, man. You got to get those numbers up. And I remember he had this um, boat on his desk and he's like, one day I'm going to buy a real boat. That's my dream. That's my dream that we're going to do that. So I ended up getting a lot of donations and feeling pretty good. And, you know, with multi-level marketing, they'd always make you feel like, oh, you got to get into the next level. And meanwhile, I was like, I just I, I just need a summer job. I don't I'm, re- I'm not that investing in in I'm I don't want to be in the next room. I'm cool doing this because I'm out in six weeks. But they invited me to the next room, which the next level, which was a party at his place. And they've been hyping this party up for weeks. Like they had a party pretty much every other weekend. Like you got to get in on this. So I finally go to this party and I go there and it's him who like he shows up half an hour after everybody else does because of course he has like six roommates and the six roommates are there and they're smoking weed and, and i'm like this is weird i already am uncomfortable being here this does not sound like fun and it turns out all of the roommates were people from different cities who came in as part of their multi-level marketing team that they were going to be reintroduced to this charity because they were as confused as as i was but half of them were already sold in this whole multi-level marketing bullshit so he walks in he does this huge size like i guess i got i guess i gotta uh i thought i was gonna be able to relax guys but i guess i gotta do this and then he proceeded to explain that his whole identity was a lie like everything he wore everything he did everything he said was just to convince people to give him more time and money and and he's like remember your office is a theater space you're making a play every day and he says y'all know that uh that boat on my table and everyone's like yeah yeah he's like i don't give a crap if i have a boat (coughs) and i just and i was like this is this is the worst this is the worst person i've ever met you're a monster but you raise a lot of money for charity so i get to quit (laughs) with like a good heart and i uh legit i think my body was like you know what i feel you and i immediately got strep throat right after that in sympathy with the weird glenn gary glenn ross plaid (laughs) but i raise a lot of money for charity so i always feel really weird about it um so yeah i'm gonna be voting yes (laughs) (laughs) oh my god charity has such a positive connotation I feel and like we really we, unpacked yeah, Prop 5. <laughs> Prop 5, charity sucks. Um, let's go to Prop 6, which we already kind of talked about. Uh, okay. The constitutional amendment authorizing the legislator to provide an exemption from ad valorem taxation of all or part of the market value of the resident's homestead of the surviving spouse of a first responder who is killed or fatally injured in the line of duty. I heard that. first responder. I'm going to vote for it. Is that <laughs> Duty. right? Duty. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to vote twice for that. <laughs> so this is exactly like Proposition 1, but instead of um, partially disabled veteran, it's a first responder still giving them a tax break on a house that was donated to them and is valued higher than what the donation was so that they don't have to pay taxes on that uh, variance. 
is there the with prop one there was a thing where it was like if a charity gave it to the vet yeah. is that also in this one or is that not it doesn't look like it's required it's not in any of the written language there's no mention mm. of of donation or anything like that i think it's just for homes in general yeah it seems like if, if they just own a home they're they're covered how many first responders in texas do you think there are that were killed or fatally injured like how many surviving spouses of first responders killed or fatally injured in the line of duty are there in texas dozens <laughs> tax breaks for you and there, for you there yeah why of... is this in our constitution yeah. what i think it's a slam dunk that's probably why it's a political slam dunk everybody looks good you're helping you're helping widows this widows is... and orphans they're getting hooked up what yeah, yeah. little flags for everybody so it's some low-hanging political fruit uh also endorsed by the houston chronicle and dallas morning news and um What's going on with the last one, Proposition 7? The constitutional amendment relating to the legislative authority to permit credit unions and other financial institutions to award prizes by lot to promote savings. Basically, it allows credit unions and banks to offer a prize if you open a, a savings account. and uh, Like a toaster? What like a toaster, yeah. This, this is weird, right? Houston Federation of Teachers backs this proposition, along with a lot of other, like, sort of progressive organizations. But all I can, like, when I close my eyes and think of this, I think of, like, just some, like, sweepstakes where it's like, open these 17 savings accounts and we'll give you a, a free tire, right? Like, it just, it feels really dirty to me i don't I, and and when i've challenged that whenever i've talked to people about it who like are you know who who are paying you know paying as, at least as much attention if we as we are right now they're kind of like well what could it hurt right it increases savings but i'm thinking in my head like that's never like if you give a bank an opportunity to sell to like move a product by incentivizing it with something that looks shady I don't have an exact picture of the thing that can go wrong, but I, to me, it feels like all kinds of things could go wrong. Yeah. yeah. Ew, Here's the, the politically clean um, argument for it, and that's that a high percentage of Texans don't have savings accounts. And so they're kind of bundling that logic with like, oh, if you, you know, you got the toaster offer catches your eye, then you're more likely to open a savings account. If you have a savings account, you're more likely to save for your future. So it's, you know, six degrees of logic separation, but that's it. Um, I, my family lives in Ohio where I guess this is legal. And I remember opening a savings account with them and I got, what did I get? I got a free portable DVD player with a screen and everything. And there were no fees or anything. I don't know if, Texas would do it the same way, but um, that is a big problem across the country. None of us are saving, we or very do, few of us are. We also have a huge problem in Houston with uh, payday loans. That is a big, and check cashing places. That is a huge market, especially in lower income areas. Uh, people are just used to not trusting banks, not putting their money in banks, not opening savings account. And, you know, when you live pages, paycheck to paycheck, uh, there is no structure to teach you how to open a savings account unless you go to a bank because, you know, they'll have 
um, they'll have agents there who kind of walk you through the whole thing. I'm kind of in, I see where you're coming from. Um, I definitely do. Cause I'm always wary about, uh, making a bank look sweeter than it is, but people need saving accounts and toasters and toasters and, and DVD t- players in 2003. Yes. <laughs> but here's stop lording this DVD player over our <laughs> oh, heads. It's so great. Just because we never got one. DVD, it's the way that music was meant to be heard. DVD players. But if people are having trouble saving, right? If people are living paycheck to paycheck, like, here, here's an amazing idea. Raise a fucking minimum wage. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. it's like, like you're going to give me a toaster for opening a savings yeah. account to try to get me to save? I, I just have this... I don't know. Is it a stru- is it a structural thing where people are saying? Listen, you can be poor and then get a raise, but if you don't know how to save and you don't know anything about savings accounts, chances are you're going to keep that log- logic as you go forward. I've seen people who have made very little money, and then they suddenly made a lot of money, but they were still constantly broke because they they just were never in the habit of saving money. Um, because it's just like, oh, you're like constantly experienced. Like every paycheck is a windfall. Like, oh, wow, I have money. I get to pay a bill. This is the greatest day of my life. It's very cyclical because you, you keep that mentality. There's no tools to understand what it's like to save. So I'm kind of, I'll be honest, I'm kind of leaning for this. Uh, anything to to give people tools and incentives to them to protect their future, I think is something to be to be acknowledged and if it's been done in other states and if if other states have done it and then doesn't seem to cause any harm i think that would be the best way to look at it i i'd be curious to see what people who live in other states who have programs like this feel about it now i I feel like they would have a better opinion than i do plus i want a dvd player so bad (laughs) just lording it prize of the future Well, that about does it. That's our seven Texas state constitutional amendments that you are going to have the privilege of voting for. Everything from a constitutional amendment allowing toasters as a promotional gift for opening a savings account to um, letting people leave their job on time. Really, really like it seems like it the constitution is not the right place for all of these propositions. We, we, I think of an amendment to the constitution and it's like, Oh, a civil rights amendment or whatever else is on there. Free speech, like things that have a, something that you can admire or, you know, there's some sort of honor with it, but none of these except for the first responders and, and the partially disabled veterans have any sort of, it's all, that's the thing with all these propositions we don't know what the ramifications are for at least five years like we don't know what the extent of what's going to happen yeah and it's right you're right like most of the yeah like the u.s constitution i think of like virtue or you know defending inalienable rights and there's some there's a couple of weird parts of the u.s constitution mm-hmm. but like for the most part it's guns for everyone <laughs> <laughs> yeah or like the what, what are mexicans this, I what does know. it say about the post office it's like that that's kind of weird but, rain or shine yeah. i believe yeah i mean this doesn't speak to any like moral value it i mean it's kind of like i think it would be embarrassing to look back and like 
200 years. <laughs> yeah, like they gave free Sharper Image gift certificates to anybody who opened up a savings account. That's what they were, like, that's what they were really into. That My was, Woggle yeah. Club can have a charitable raffle now. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest, every now and then I watch Star Trek, I was like, man, none of them have to worry about money. <laughs> yeah. That's where the real science fiction is. Just walking around doing what you want. The real science fiction is in perfect video conferencing. <laughs> that's that's never gonna happen <laughs> i had a supervisor who would start off uh virtual or teleconferences with uh hi my name is blah 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 sorry i'm a couple minutes late <laughs> you know it's funny we can build uh unmanned aerial vehicles that can kill people from halfway around the world remotely but we still can't develop a foolproof um virtual conferencing system mm. kind of a dark business joke but yeah. <laughs> it's like a real it's a real repetitive chud joke mm. that i think like a lot of people who like like me who like during work hours wouldn't pass the turing test start waving turtles in front of you <laughs> yeah, like, how do you feel about this <laughs> just start shaking it <laughs> Yeah, you know, video conferencing. Uh, <laughs> it's real. Uh, yeah. It's not that good. <laughs> okay, so that is, that covers the, uh, the the seven constitutional amendments to the Texas Constitution, and um, you know we'll have we'll have more information about the election and our never-ending coverage of the 2017 election, what, as well as what's doing with the races for HCC Board of Trustees, HISD Board of Trustees. And the uh, city of Houston propositions and bonds, which we kind of covered last week, but um, you know maybe we can have something new to say about those um, as we get closer to election. Speaking of election, the next story up is uh, about the League of Women Voters. They're par- they're teaming up with a local tech activist, tech hacktivist no. group. <laughs> <laughs> You're never going to let me host again, are you? No, you're fine. It's not you. It's it's the words <laughs> that you say. <laughs> it's not how you say it. It's what you're saying. <laughs> so we've got the Department of Homeland Security saying that 39 states were hit by Russian hackers during the historic 2016 elections. So it's good news that the League of Women Voters and a local Houston tech activist group called Sketch City. They're working with the Harris County Clerk's Office to study how our elections are handled. And um, I I remember voting last year. I don't trust any of those machines. They look like, what? what, what, what how are our choices being recorded? They look like a video game your grandmother bought because she doesn't know what a Nintendo really is. It's like an Atari. Yeah, no, not even that. It's like that one of those fun. knockoff Game Boys that just plays one game that's already integrated on it. <laughs> that's kind of what it <laughs> reminds me of. This is a shame boy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, there's been quite a few issues with voting. Um, Pasadena, there was an article that came out in May that Pasadena had uh, two poll officials that pleaded guilty with tampering with votes. They spent one day in jail, um, and uh, they were under review. The, the Department of Justice was investigating and keeping an eye on them for future elections. 
Um, so I'm not, and between that and this, you know, we talked about last week, uh, we discussed the, how the Russian, the Russians were basically creating fake, um, fake groups to, uh, rile people up and create fake, uh, protest events that resulted into real uh, protests in front of mosques and kind of uh, making sure that we're all being real racist and shitty towards each other because again if you if you exploit uh, fears and you exploit um, distrust uh, towards our neighbors it makes it very easy to disrupt um, what we need to take care of which is ourselves uh, so I'm I'm glad that the League of Women Voters are, are stepping in. I'm a little sad that it takes like an outside group to investigate. Like this should be something that the FBI should be it should have already been on. Uh, the fact that we have to trust a nonprofit to step in and, and examine this is just it's just shameful on the part of of the United States. There was an election, at least one election, like in Pasadena, that was determined by, I think, I want to say it was like nine votes. It was very few. Um, it was less than 10 votes. And there were 30 different ballots that weren't counted because of election irregularities. So I guess what, which is all a way of saying that it would be nice to, I mean, while we're at it, if we're checking out possible tampering through like technological means, we may as well also get to the bottom of vote suppression. Um, if they're going to look into the Pasadena elections. That's a good point. And the fact that it's a nonprofit um, looking into all this that doesn't really have government authority means that if Harris County finds something that they don't want going public, um, you know, they can just kind of shut it down, I guess. And then we wouldn't know if anything happened. But to me, this is this all seems kind of like it could be a moot point in five to ten years when we're all voting on our phones and everybody's um, ballot is cast with incorruptible, I've heard blockchain a lot, incorruptible ledgers of um, w w with a trail that, that, you know, I don't feel like my vote is counted today, even though we have all this bureaucracy and people counting votes by hand or whatever. I don't trust that it's being counted. Maybe one day we'll have a system where you can just look and see, oh, Daniel Cohen voted yes or no. Um, and then you yourself can see how your vote was logged. And if it was incorrect, then, you know, it just seems like someone needs to think through all this. And um, I hate the League of Women Voters. I'm just kidding. <laughs> It's like, oh, that was a real left, left field at the Wait, last moment. It's a weird shield. <laughs> I agree with them, but I hate them. Ah, the damn Lions Club. Like. <laughs> All right, we are rounding off our episode with two special segments. Uh, first is Houston Man Stuck In. Stuck in what? Well, this is an amazing story from last week. 40-year-old James Courtney was out walking in tall grass one day, and he fell into a manhole. It's like a concrete cylindrical uh, chamber in the ground. He fell into that, broke his foot, and was trapped in the ground for nine whole days. 
This is a story I saw on, on Free Press Houston, so nice reporting there. They wrote that, quote, the pain and terror at the bottom of the manhole was like nothing he'd ever felt. He ate snakes and insects to survive, and at one point he pulled an inch-long God. bone fragment out of oh his foot. Oh my God, that's the worst thing I've ever Ugh. A few times he thought about killing himself with the knife he had with him. The sewage he was lying in was about three inches deep, but it would rise up to his face every time nearby toilets would flush. What? Oh my god. I hate this story so much. This story combines everything I'm terrified of. I've never broken a bone, so already... that And where when he pulled this bone fragment out of his foot, what type of bone was it? What part? What? Where did it come? Was it a foot bone? Was it like a leg that just shot? Like, what are the dynamics of this bone that came out of his foot? Plus, he's standing in septic water with his bone jutting out of his foot. So that means his foot is like septic city already. How is what? Oh, oh my God! I hate this story so much. This, this is this skeeves me out so bad. It's awful, but he is a national hero. Uh, for surviving in that hole for nine days. He also says he's going to sue and get paid. Yes. <laughs> so it has a happy ending. It has a happy ending. Yeah, uh, let's suck it, James Franco. 127 <laughs> hours. This is know, nine. It's like more. Yeah, 207. Yeah, it's 200 something hours to your 127. So see you in hell. Houston, Houston wins again. <laughs> <laughs> the the you showed me the photo um uh, daniel of the i guess his girlfriend who took a selfie with him or his friend um and she is all smiles and meanwhile this guy looks like he just stormed normandy and like she, she's got a hamburger and fries for him <laughs> he's got the thousand yard stare and she's taking like this glamorous selfie she looked really good she's got yeah. that uh facebook angle like it's coming down from the top <laughs> She, she looks amazing. Um, I'm just saying, put that filter on, girl. If you're going to be taking these photos of this poor, emaciated man. Uh, yeah, I, I was a little torn whether he should sue. Um, or get a film deal. Or You know what? Give him all the film he wants. Get all of yeah. it. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of in his side now because I've been visualizing that bone coming out of his foot <laughs> for nine days, and he deserves whatever whatever pile of money that is coming his way. I hope he lives the rest of his life in comfort in like uh, t- terry robes and soft blankets, and all special occasions are just puppies being handled to him. Like, like <laughs> this sounds awful. Ugh. Okay, and the last story for the night. Uh, Something happened. I forget what was it. Something happened with one of our sports teams. I'm not up to speed on this story. What's going on? We're on the World Series! Fuck you, Yankees! Boo! Boo, Ghost Rose! Did anybody watch the game? No! I didn't either. (laughs) Yeah, we lost game one of the World Series. (laughs) But we're in the World Series. That's something. When when was the last time we went to the World Series? In 2005, we were swept by the Chicago White Sox in our only World Series appearance as a city. <laughs> Woo! Good times. Inching, inching forward. That's how we go. But guess how many World Series the Rangers have been in? Who are the Rangers? Oh, 
I don't actually know. Yeah, I, don't like <laughs> <laughs> one or two. I don't think they've been in the World Series. <laughs> I don't think so either. Yeah, and if Get they have on the research team, if I'm right about that, then Houston beats Dallas again in your face. But if I'm wrong about that, then I'm just wrong about that. Yeah, Dallas, how many of your citizens have you had stuck in a manhole for nine days? <laughs> yeah. And you've never Probably. been to the World Series. Yeah. <laughs> we got you beat on those two fronts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you suck, Dallas. I'm, I'm from Dallas, actually. No, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, I grew up. But you left as soon as you could. Yeah, yeah I love all my Texas cities. Um, but but Houston, the Astros beating the Yankees is like, there's in the press, there's always this like, Houston is the most diverse city in America, yeah. even ahead of New York. Houston has the top-rated uh, city park, Discovery Green, even more than, even rated higher than uh, uh, Central Park, which I don't believe. I don't I believe that at all. Something to do with the programming and all the free events or something. But um, <laughs> you know, there's this like correlation with how well a an area is doing economically or spiritually, and how their sports teams are doing. Um, that's why you'll never see anything good come from Cleveland or Detroit uh, again <laughs> until things turn around. Um, because the Tigers aren't good. I didn't realize. Or the Lions. Or I didn't. I, I didn't <laughs> I realize know. I cared that the Houston Astros were going to the World Series until I found out that they won against the Yankees, and then I had a very distinct feeling of like, "Fuck yeah!" Yeah. I dated a guy who was all about the Yankees. And he's like, yeah, maybe Cubs have half twice the heart, but we have three times the And I remember just thinking, <laughs> I just had a moment where I just thought, I think I'm a Cubs fan, and I don't. <laughs> just that's I have no stake. I have never really watched baseball for more than like 30 minutes before I was like, I'm just going to drink for the rest of the game because that seems like the only way to live through this. That's the only way to watch baseball. Oh, oh for sure. Play it, but... It's like a, it's like a, like a picnic that we all sit down for in a slightly more comfortable chair. That's how baseball feels to me. Um, that being said, I hope we win because the, the idea of winning is just yeah. yeah. I like winning. I don't. I don't care if I'm a fair weathered fan. It's good weather. Everybody should come out. It is great weather. 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 Well, uh, to to close out tonight's episode, we have a very special final interview with uh, someone from New York, actually. Hey, hey, hey. You, you seem pretty happy considering what happened. What's what? What's going on here? I live in freaking New York City, baby. You're in Houston, Texas, dog. Welcome to, the, welcome to H-Town. Yeah, I'm in Houston, Texas right now, obviously. But I live in New York City, baby. You live in New York City. Uh, so just living there is... is, is is what puts a smile on your face. That's nice. Don't even care that I'm in Houston for the week, baby. It's, you know. <laughs> what What was it like when uh, when y'all got got it handed to to you recently? Well, we got what handed to us. Our butts. Is that what you're trying to say? You tell it like it is. In New York City, we just say the word we're thinking of. But we, we, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't use, we don't use euphemisms here. It's, hey, I'm, I'm talking here. We got a butt handed to us. Big whoop. What are you doing in Houston exactly? I'm, uh, you know, 
<laughs> visiting your mother. Oh, <laughs> visiting all your moms. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. If you, you're stinking mayor. He called me down here. He was like, uh, yeah, you got you to gotta come down here. <laughs> yeah, you, you just got to come you're, down here. You're yeah. saying the mayor of Houston invited <laughs> yeah. you here from New York to have... To have sex. Hey, don't be so coarse. Don't I know? I know. I don't use me. That's what's. But uh, you, know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta back off of the language here, pal. I'm just down here having a good time, meeting some clutches, meeting some cannolis, meeting you, some wait, bologna wait, sandwiches. Wait, 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 wait. You came to Houston to eat clutches and cannolis. I mean, like you're not even eating tacos. Have you not have any? Have you tried? Do you, do you even know what a taco is? Can you? Please tell me you've had It's like a hot obviously, dog. Uh, obviously, I know what a hot dog is. I, just, you know, when, <laughs> I got a bad feeling. Just, I, uh, I, I, I'm I walking here. I'm, <laughs> I bet you're not even from New York. Are you from Jersey, aren't you? Yeah, look, if you if you was in New York City when you said that, let me tell you something, Bob. You would be uh, you'd be going for a swim in the East River. <laughs> but uh, this is Houston, Texas. You, you do things differently in Houston. So, I, that's uh, what I'm told. What neighborhood? But, uh, you, you know, from? I'm definitely not from New Jersey. What, so what I ain't even from Staten Island either. What just, I just want to get this out of the way right here. <laughs> How did you get on I the show? <laughs> How did you get booked for an interview the on the show? What are you doing here? You know, I was walking down the street and I was like, hey, oh, this, uh, that looks like a radio station and I walked in the door. And, you, so, know, you know, you nice people let me in on the air. Open door policy. So the moment, yeah. so the yeah, moment you realize, because it was a tight game, so the moment that you realized the, the Astros had won, that they were going to win, was it like a bittersweet moment? Because Yankees have won a lot. Some people say that they won too much who's, who's, who's saying that uh, give me the name give me their address I'll go I'll go have a talk with them I don't know you know it's, it's I mean yeah I'm like fine we'll let the we'll let the Houston team take it for once we've done enough oh so you gave it to us yeah you know, we didn't really we don't, what are we gonna do with another another World Series victory like yeah, I can only I can only have so many World Series victory T-shirts okay. that I don't okay. wash. Can All you right. name the type of trophy they win if you win a World Series? It's like a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it's Delisimo. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, you just. All the all of them are in the back the back room. They're, they're dripping olive oil on each other, and it's just uh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Olive oil? That's, yeah. That's, what kind of? Have, how many locker rooms have you been to? And also, are they underneath look, a, a club? How look? How many? How many locker rooms have you been to? We've won like nineteen World Series, and Houston Texans. The Houston Texans. They've won. Uh, they've won like two home games. I, well, I'll be honest, that hurts because it's true. <laughs> All right. Well, no, thank don't, you. Don't talk to me about that. Derek Jeter sucks, and so does your mom. Okay. Oh, okay. Right. Hey, he's a guest. Okay. If he wasn't saying that in New York, you would be taking a you would be taking a long cab ride to to uh, to Laguardia. Yeah, you whatever. Know, Jersey boy. Look, my mom's a very nice lady. <laughs> so is Jared Jeter. Derek, Derek Jeter is a very nice... Hey, Jared, you know, Jared Jeter sucks. I'll say it. No one else will say it, but you know... They, yeah. um, for our listening audience, the type of trophy won for the World Series is called a Stanley Cup. So What? Yeah. 
for the World Series uh-huh. of Baseball? Yes, it is. It's called the Stanley Cup. Yes, it is. Did you know? Yeah, Babe, Babe Stanley was the greatest Yankee of all time. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a yeah. So be sure to be sure to drink from the cup when we win, and uh, Woo. yeah. yeah. Yeah, you'll be you'll be drinking from your butt when you win. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. You'll be swim, swimming <laughs> with the fishes. It's not gonna happen. Yeah, you'll you're be. very. You know what? You're surprisingly polite because you could have said ass at any point, but you're sticking with butt, and I kind of appreciate it. It's my it's my word of choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, if if answer if answer butts. Okay, that wraps up our fourth episode from all of us here at 610 News. We love you. We love you. Thank you so much for listening to us, subscribing to us. We're going to keep this podcast going for 100 years. We're just getting started, baby. Babies. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Follow us on iTunes uh, for more information on shows like this and others. You can go to MockingbirdNetwork.com. If uh, you're looking for other shows to listen to, we have 15 on there um in fact why don't you check out veer queer veer queer is uh, a show that covers issues going on in the queer community in the south including houston and they're fantastic uh definitely check them out and if you message them after listening to us tell them you said hi and we'll say hi for them i don't know <laughs> and uh, check out my other show nerd love which is absolutely not for kids Um, even though we talk about a lot of childish things. So feel free to check me out there. Anything going on with you, Daniel? Tuesday, Tuesday, October 31st, there will be a Halloween protest uh, at Senator John Cornyn's office. Uh, People will dress in various costumes. We will have our own little uh, uh, drumpf uh, figure there who will be delivering a fake speech. Uh, In seriousness, we are pushing back on them for a Clean Dream Act and also uh, to renew temporary protected status. Uh, for immigrant families in the United States. So wear a costume, go to uh, John Cornyn's office that is on Memorial Drive. I believe it's 5300 Memorial Drive at 1145 on Tuesday, Halloween day. Cool. Anything going on with you, Evan? Like Literally nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wonder where that young, <laughs> young Yankee man went. Oh, wow. <laughs> I got something going on. <laughs> hey, sir, we need you to leave. Okay. I'm going to be walking down, uh, going to be walking down Louisiana Street eating hot dogs. <laughs> Just back and forth eating hot dogs all day. <laughs> but I got a, got a backpack full of Hebrew nationals. So uh, if you want to, you want to eat a hot dog with me, just, uh, just flag me down. You'll, uh, I, I can't really describe how I look, but I'm like, I, don't know. I, got a, I got a backpack full of Hebrew nationals, so uh, I, I feel like I'm gonna stand out like a, like a I'm gonna stand out like a thumb. So uh, yeah, yeah, like a big thumb. Thank you.
Mockingbird Network.